0: What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the March 17th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the king of the courtside, the courtside king! Joey, what's up, buddy?
1: Not going to lie, guys. I got a little caught up there with this cat vibing gif thing going. I was kind of my I can't hear the music that you guys can when John puts us live. So I'm just kind of going off this cat gif over here. So that's what that action was. <laughs> uh. Interesting.
0: Very, very interesting, sir. Uh, yeah, we took a week off last week. We're back this week, uh, Joey. Uh, let, let's go over the homework here real quick. Nation. Uh, make sure you follow the show on social media, because that is where, uh, even when we, when we take a week off, you can still catch all the goodness that is gaming and esports news. So make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at LevelUpLive. That is at LVLUP Live. And you already listen to us. You already watch us. You might as well be following us as well on Twitter. Follow Joey at CourtsideKing and myself at Fiasco. If you are watching here live on Twitch... You can see those handles right below the mugshots currently staring at on your computer, TV, mobile device, or whatever else you are using to watch the live show. If you're listening to the podcast version of the show, they'll be in the show notes for you below. As Well Nation, again, we'll say it once, we'll say it twice, we'll say it every single episode going forward until everyone understands the best place to experience Level Up Live, of course, is on Twitch, that is twitch.tv slash otnmedia live Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. But have no fear, if you can't tune in, let's say you have a life, you have something else that you have to do Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we're not going to hold it against you because we're good people. That's why we have a podcast version of the show, an audio podcast for you as well. Love Up Podcasts is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you can find an RSS feed for podcasts, podcast just look up the level up podcast and we are there for you and if you do listen to the podcast version please do leave a review uh comments all the other fun stuff so we can make sure this show is what you our listeners and viewers want the most and, of course, it's not required. It is highly encouraged, but it's not required. Of course, it's the extra credit assignment. That is patreon.com slash OTN. Consider becoming a bigger fan of OTN and the Level Up podcast. Check out patreon.com slash OTN for all those really, really cool tiers. Joey, what in the world are we talking about today? <laughs> it's, it's been forever. John, we're talking about the mistake we made. Chat is virtually pinching us. Neither one of us wore green today oh yeah um <laughs> actually you know what joey um i am wearing green uh unfortunately uh, no nope, it, it, nope, no it's okay unfortunately it's okay. it is against <laughs> it is against the terms of service of twitch uh for oh. me to show the green uh but i am wearing green don't worry joey
1: gotcha so john has some moss growing on him but he can't uh, show mm, it due to the mm, TOS rules no it happens. I completely forgot. I didn't even think about it. I just changed clothes, too, and I definitely should have put some green on. But I have this, like, green rag thing. That's about all I got, where I dust things every once in a I, while. I have a green soda. Um, <laughs> hey, see, see, we got our green going, and I kind of have, like, that red Irish beard thing working. I, I think it works. We're, we're green enough today. Um, but there's plenty of news. There is some green news, some Xbox stuff coming up as well. They had an idea at Xbox Showcase this week on Wednesday. We had a PlayStation State of Play this week that focused completely on the new Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Elden Ring is still doing crazy things, so talking a little bit about that. There's obviously a Tencent acquisition we'll just touch on briefly. Uh, Diving a little bit further, a new Hearthstone expansion, and then we're going to deep dive a little bit into the initiative and that situation over there with Perfect Dark, among some other things in today's show.
0: All right, Joey. Those are our topics before we can even dive in to the amazingness that is those topics and much more of course we have to talk about the drink of choice um i kind of teased mine a little bit because i'm not wearing green and chat is letting us know about it, like you were saying joey what is your beverage of choice for today's episode
1: uh, unfortunately nothing super exciting either i'm going with water guys i'm staying hydrated i'm having some achilles issues today so i am on some aleve so no alcohol because of that um but yeah Nothing super exciting. But the gaming news will be exciting, John, and that's where we're going to make it up. But how about your drink? I know you have that Mountain Dew. Anything else to go with it?
0: No, it's just straight up Mountain Dew. It's green. Uh, so hold on a second. Now the green is inside me. Um, oh. So there we go. Uh, simple, just like that, Joey. I have green. You do not have green unless you put the towel on your head. On your head. On, Joey, on, that is your shoulder. Chat. We will not start the show until that towel is on Joey's head for at least one hot second.
1: Oh my gosh, guys!
0: One, thank you, Joey, for uh, for entertaining me and the rest of chat. There you again go. nation. This is why you need to watch the show live on Twitch. If you get in the audio version of this, it's not as uh, it's not as fun. Uh, we we don't reach the 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 uh, the climax of the episode that that uh, that well on the audio version when it comes to fun stuff like this, uh, Joey. We have our topics. We have our beverages. Your towel is now back on your shoulder. Uh, No more virtual pinches for Joey. He has his green. Let's dive into it. Joey, let's go ahead and get started with gaming and e-sports news. Let's go!
1: What a show, John. Uh, You guys are lucky to be with us here tonight on this lovely St. Patrick's Day evening. The kickoff of March Madness, or the tip-off, rather, with it being basketball. Lots of exciting stuff. Uh, Thankfully, Gonzaga won, because John (laughs) and I weren't looking too pretty in that bet department there for a bit. (laughs) Uh, But they did pull through in the end, as did some of these gaming news topics that we're going to be touching on. The first being Tencent, John. They have acquired someone else. This time it is a majority stake in Tequila Works. Kind of going with that drinking theme that Chad has going on tonight as well. The developer behind Rhyme and Song of Nunu. I don't know if Song of Nunu is out yet, but that's one of the games that's being worked on in a collaboration with Riot Games, who Tencent does own. I think this is a good move in that department. Uh, They've shown some cool, unique indie game aspects from Tequila Works. But on top of that, working with Riot Games, knowing their structure, being one of those development studios that Ryan has trusted to work on their IP, I think is a big win overall. Uh, When we look at Tencent, they made, I think it was 100 acquisitions last year, literally 100 acquisitions. They're continuing to make a lot more this year. I'm not surprised at all by this, but once again, back in the
0: news. Now, only if they invested it in a tequila distillery, uh, then they would really get me excited because tequila is delicious and and nutritious. Do not fact check me. The FDA is wrong. (laughs) (laughs)
1: The FDA is wrong on that one. So if you guys like acquisitions, that's the only one in the news today. But hey, Tencent will be back next week. Follow this segment once again. Uh, Next up is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. This one comes out, I believe, later this month. And guys, it's going to have full cross-play capabilities. And they made sure to go through and say that PlayStation has approved them. It feels like every single title at this point will be crossplay between Xbox and PC at the very least, and PlayStation's kind of that factor because Sony wants people to pay for crossplay. Uh, I think that's going to trend toward not being a thing eventually. Uh, some people are just going to say, hey, Sony, we don't care enough to have you have cross-play if you're going to make us pay for it, and we're starting to see developers do that. I don't know in this case if we did see a payment come through, but regardless, Tiny Tina's Wonderland will be available fully cross-play, so PC, PlayStation and Xbox will all be able to play with one another. Big win for gamers overall, and this game looks very unique as well.
0: Just wait, PlayStation will eventually pass that payment on to the player uh, for crossplay. So you're already, you're already paying ten dollars more uh, for every single game on Sony PlayStation Five to begin with. Now you're going to pay an extra five dollars, hypothetically speaking. We don't know if that's what it is. Is this is this a gut feeling with Sony? They're going to pass another five dollar upcharge for you to play with your your heathen friends on Xbox and PC.
1: Yeah, I mean it is interesting. Like that they're charging developers for this crossplay. And then if it so does dumb. not go to the developers, like you said, John, it could go to the players. So we'll keep an eye on that one. But at least for now, keep an eye out. You can play with your friends wherever they are playing some Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and diving into that new Borderlands S game. Elden Ring guys it has swept the world in a storm some people when it was coming out initially they're like this is going to be a niche game Dark Souls in and of a sense was a niche game you picked up millions of copies here and there but it was one of those games that took a while to sell copies it wasn't very fast selling overall but on top of that it's hard People who bought it didn't have much playtime in it. They struggled to get through it. They didn't finish the game in many cases. And then others kind of make it the epitome, really, of game of difficulty. They push through. They make fun of others who cannot do it on the highest difficulty. And it became like a big thing in the gaming industry for a while. Now it's taking a new turn. Elden Ring being one of those games that's cross-play, so out on PC, out on PlayStation, and out on Xbox, originally... Bandai Namco the publisher here was projecting 4 million copies to be sold by the end of March. Guys they surpassed that not only doubled it not only tripled it but they have quadrupled it already two weeks through March. It has sold 12 million copies worldwide it is the highest rated game of the year arguably the front runner for game of the year at all of the award shows this year doing phenomenally well. And there's still two weeks to go, so it could continue to sell up towards even 15 million copies, potentially. I don't think it'll get quite that high by the end of March, but by the end of the year, I think 15, 20 million copies uh, is definitely a possibility with this one. So some really cool stuff. John, I know you didn't pick it up. You did watch me get annihilated many times by little minions, uh, and it's even worse against bosses, but it is a very cool game. Uh, The multiplayer aspect is interesting. You can kind of call helpers in, and you can also get kind of raided by enemies as well. I am 1-0 against enemy raids. Uh, I've not called in a helper, but overall, I probably should. Um, in the end, I think it's a really cool game. It was the top-selling game last month on Xbox and PC, and the second highest on PlayStation, coming right behind Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, John, I know you saw my footage, but have you seen any other footage of Elden Ring or have any other additional thoughts on it?
0: Joey, I am pleased to... Well, first off, Nation, I just want to reassure you, I did not make fun of Joey's inability to kill trash mobs or bosses... <laughs> Uh, or anything else that occurred in that game, I felt bad for him. Uh, I gave him uh, my, my my thoughts, my positive vibes. Uh, that was still not enough to help him. Uh, but it didn't stop me from trying. Uh, so Nation, it was not me picking on him. Um, I do know some people who were picking on him. We're not going to say names because we're not that kind of shit. We're not going to call <laughs> anybody out. Um, but yeah, uh, I-, I watched some other people play. Uh, Joey, you are not the only one struggling with it. Uh, I saw <laughs> quite a few people uh, which if you can believe it were worse than you. Um, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, it's a very tough game uh, and, and it is what it is what it is it's it, it's that style of game. Uh, so I don't think one I don't think anyone can really be made fun of for playing that kind of style of game and then like struggling with it, especially if it's like your first one, first or second one it it is a very different style of game than what a lot of gamers are used to uh not saying it's a bad game it's just a very different uh play structure different play style if you will uh so yeah uh, i i think it looks cool I, I like the graphics i like how it plays it's not a game that really uh reaches out to me something that i would want to play uh but i can definitely see how it's enjoyable for other gamers that are playing it joey uh, even you, with you being annihilated it was very entertaining to watch uh, not just you, but other people too. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah. Really cool game. And it is difficult. Just the fighting in general, like you can get one or two shot by a lot of the bosses, even by some of the smaller mobs. If you go a little too far, uh, the other thing is there's no real quest line either. It's very vague as opposed to like what you should be doing. So there are, I think, 120-something bosses in total in the game. Most players probably won't even come up against a quarter of those, uh, depending what pass they take and how much of a completionist they are in that sense. Uh, I'm someone who likes to 100% games and get all the achievements. Uh, I think this will probably take me years to do that, if I'm being completely honest. So we'll see how far I get in this one. Hopefully, I'll eventually at least finish the story. Um, But it is a
0: game that I feel like will be
1: a long-term masterpiece that's spoken about quite a bit this decade.
0: Joey, side note real quick. You mentioned achievements. Uh, I am pleased to announce that 45 minutes before we went live here on Level Up Live, I killed the last rare in Zereth Mortis for World of Warcraft for uh, the 9.2 uh, patch. Uh, so I, I camped out for literally uh, an hour after I got home from work waiting for that one last rare to spawn. It was myself and actually six other people waiting for it, so I wasn't the only one. Uh, I wasn't alone. It was great, Uh, and we finally got the kill, and then uh, we went live, so it was fun. Lots of of good stuff there.
1: Chat's telling me not to play something. I don't know if it's Elden Ring or Tiny Tina's. I don't know what's going on over here, Uh, but we'll keep an eye out on that. Uh, Yeah, John, congratulations. I know that is something you worked for. I feel like it's been, what, two weeks at this point? You've been pretty hard grinding the rares when you've been (laughs) able to hop on WoW? I'd rather not talk about it, but yes. It, 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 ever since it <laughs> launched, yes. He fished out the seahorse. He got the bird with the whole collapsing okay. thing or dropping people It was down. an octopus first oh, off. Oh, excuse me. And, the octopus. and
0: look, someone had to get the, someone had to get the bait at, from, from fishing, which was a 1% drop. And then they had to go on a quest line to get the lure. And then they had to come back. And then you had to actually fish the rare up. So, yes, that one did take forever. I was not fishing. I don't want to fish. I found the world group. I joined the group, and I got the kill. No shame in that game.
1: There you go. Fisherman John with his new title over there in World of Warcraft. And, John, for those who play WoW as well, when is that next patch dropping?
0: That's a great question. We'll find out uh, in April when they announce what the next expansion is.
1: There you go, guys. So next expansion being announced in April. Uh, For those who really like the whole WoW universe, even beyond World of Warcraft, the MMO, there is also a new Hearthstone expansion we'll be touching on a bit later in today's show. So stay tuned for that. Next up to our sports games fans, as well as some of our Star Wars game fans, EA Play Live. Guys, it's not going to be happening this summer. EA has come out and said that they are not going to be doing a showcase this summer because, in quotes by an EA rep, according to IGN, this year things aren't lining up to show you everything on one date. They continue to go on saying, We'll reveal much more about these projects when the time is right for each of them. So we've talked about it a bit on the show before. I think it's been a couple months now. Uh, we expect Jedi Fallen or Star Wars Jedi Redacted, uh, the sequel or so, to Fallen Order. To be stated in May, Uh, it should eventually come out. I don't know if it's going to be May 4th. It could end up being during Star Wars Celebration at the end of May as well. But everything seems to be pointing to it being revealed in May. I have some really good sources on that from EA as well. So pending anything crazy happening, I think it should be shown then. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a part of a showcase or uh, if anything, probably Disney. I think Disney could do something. If it's on May 4th, maybe it just drops on the internet. Uh, if it's on Celebration, it might show at one of their shows during Disney's Celebration. Um, we'll have to see how it all ends up playing out, but I think that one will be shown in May. As far as other stuff, I think Dead Space gets shown this year. It's supposed to release, I think, holiday 2023. So I think we'll see some kind of trailer for that. Uh, it could be like Jeff Keeley's opening night live um, for Summer Game Fest. It could show up at um, Gamescom in August. It could show up in, in maybe Xbox's conference, or it could even come at the end of the year at the Game Awards, but I think that is one to look forward to as well. And then there's a few others, like obviously sports games. Uh, Panicking Pat and chat over here. FIFA will have to show something at some point. Uh, I'm sure some of the other sports games, like there might be a boxing game coming. Uh, NCAA football should be coming soon. So some of that stuff should get a showcase, whether it be in the summer or not. Uh, I think it'll still be shown this year. John, I know you have your qualms with EA. You like certain things, and you don't like okay. certain things. What are your thoughts on them not doing a showcase here? Do you think it is the right move?
0: It doesn't matter what the move is. EA is still bad. Um, look, it's. I, I think the biggest thing going for EA right now is the the sequel to Fallen Order, uh, Star Wars Redacted, if you will, like you were saying. Uh, the fact that we're not going to get anything on that. Uh, You know, the summer uh, sucks, for lack of better terminology. Um, But you're right. They're eventually going to have to show something, especially FIFA. They're their best-selling soccer franchise worldwide, uh, the best-selling sports title worldwide. And it's what's going to be its last year with the FIFA title, uh, with that ugly divorce happening between FIFA and uh, EA. Uh, So eventually they're going to have to show something because FIFA comes out you know, in the fall time, same thing with Madden. Uh, there's a lot on their plate, um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see. Maybe if they'll come out in fall, or if they'll join, like you were saying, uh, other sports side sports shows, uh, award shows for uh, for video games to make announcements. There, they're gonna have to do something because they have too much uh, on their yearly list to to get out that they can't really afford to just cancel ea play live and not do anything uh so it'll be interesting how they do it um I, I i'm not gonna hate them for this move um just because obviously there's still a lot going on in the world uh whether it's the pandemic uh or you know a lot of these game studios are international studios a lot of them have uh you know employees or studios uh in eastern europe being affected uh you know in whether it's With the Russian invasion in Ukraine or just what's going on with, uh, you know, people just wanting to get out of that region. It's really slowing a lot of those European studios down as well or branches of those studios. So there's a lot of things happening. Uh, So I'm going to give them I'm going to give them a pass on this. uh, But I do think they'll have to find some way to get all this information on their next uh, calendar year worth of games out and, and, and in the public.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like to think of this as the Halo Infinite effect, per se. When we saw Halo Infinite, I think it was 2020, that trailer came out, and a lot of people were like, oh, this is not the level of graphics we expect from Halo Infinite. It's so low-level, There's a little bit grainy, there's some pop-in happening. And I think a lot of game companies and publishers in particular are looking at that and saying, hey, they got a ton of negative backlash when that was shown. Sure, the game came out looking so much better eventually, But during that time, they took so much negative feedback. And I think a lot of publishers are now nervous to show things ahead of time. If it's not going to be CGI and it's going to be gameplay, they know it has to look polished. Whether it's just a slice of the game or a full-on trailer, it needs to look good. So because of that, I think a lot of the stuff is taking longer in production. On top of the COVID delays you already mentioning and the stuff with the ongoing invasion of Ukraine by Russia as well. Uh, a lot of this playing into different factors. You have the, uh, I think it was a tsunami, if I remember correctly, over in Japan recently. So there's a number of things going on impacting many dev studios all across the board. And I don't think EA is going to be the only one canceling a summer showcase. I know E like E3 in general, was having a tough time getting publishers committed. Uh, Part of that was because they were charging them money. Part of it was because of a lot of these delays coming through and people being nervous to show things. So very similar to what you said on top of the whole Halo Infinite effect. I think that's why EA is not doing it here. Uh, That plus I think Disney's pulling some strings. If I'm Disney and I know I have a Star Wars game to show, I would want to drop it in May. I would want to drop it as part of Celebration or part of May 4th. Those are huge days, and they've been criticized in the past for not dropping enough Star Wars information on those days. Uh, And I think this is one way to bring in something that might not be the normal book announcement or the Disney Plus announcement, but to spice things up with a game announcement as well to hit even more audience members. So I think that is where we're going to see that one. And some of these other ones, I think, will fall in some of the bigger showcases as well. Next up, a much smaller showcase, one for the independent developers. I know OG Flavortown in chat was watching this and streaming over on his Starlight Beacon transmission server. Uh, This is the ID at Xbox Showcase. I'm a huge indie game fan. I know I've pulled John into playing some indie games with me recently as well. Uh, We were playing some Nobody Saves the World just a couple weekends ago and some co-op. We got some fun things coming out here as well. Uh, A number of games shown, I think it was like 10 to 12 if I remember correctly, and maybe some other flashes of some other ones that didn't get deep dives too. Uh, But some that stood out to me, Tunic is a big one. Uh, This was in the article that we posted back in January about indie games to look forward to in 2022. I'm a big fan of this game. Uh, John's going to roll a trailer here for those live with us. It's a little fox, but it plays kind of like a Legend of Zelda type of game or like a classic Legend of Zelda type of game. And then on top of that, it kind of has a Dark Souls twist to it. You have like the little altar fires as your save points. It is hella hard in combat. Uh, It is very punishing. You have like three hits or something you can end up taking. And if you take them, you die. And you have to go all the way back to wherever that fire was, three or four staircases or levels or whatever ago. Uh, It's a bit of a nightmare as far as that goes. I think there is technically like an invincible mode. So if you do struggle with the heavier difficulties, unlike Elden Ring and Dark Souls, this does have that kind of safety mode per se to make it easier. Um, but it's gorgeous graphically, really cool graphics. Uh, nothing like photorealistic per se, but very artistic, very fun. Cute little fox guy. Uh, this is definitely one I recommend, and it did shadow drop onto Game Pass yesterday as well.
0: Any other thoughts on the cute little fox game, John? Uh, invincible mode. Um, I feel like if you play with Invincible mode on, you deserve all the harassment you would get. Simple as that. It's a cheap mode. It's
1: cheap okay, codes. chat it's is downloading OG Flavortown over here. Already having it downloaded. Absolutely love it. I also played this one on cloud, and I think uh, OG Flavortown, you were the one who mentioned it as well. It does have touch controls available. So for those looking to play on their mobile devices, that is also an option. Next up in the queue from the ID at Xbox Showcase, Trek to Yumi. Uh, this was the second game that did show up on my list at the beginning of the year as well. I love the look of this game, John. I know you and I both uh, have some interest in like Asian cultures and Japanese culture as well. And I think this one does a really good job of bringing some of that in. Uh, it does remind me a little bit of the Star Wars anthology that we saw. I can't remember the name of it. It was the Ronin one um, that Disney Plus released as well. Similar to that black and white style, that kind of combat, obviously not lightsabers involved in this one. Um, but it is a really cool side-scrolling game. And I think it's going to be a very fun one to keep an eye out for when it eventually launches.
0: Yeah, I think it looks fantastic. It's a game that I'm definitely excited for. Uh, it's it's unique. It's different. Like it, it plays like it's a, uh, you know, early 1930s black and white movie almost in in a sense with with how uh, it kind of has like that grainy overlook uh, over your levels as you're playing through it. It just it just has a really cool, unique feel that I haven't really seen in in any other game. Uh, to date, uh, so I'm trek to 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 Yomi. I think I I think it's great. I I can't wait for it. Absolutely,
1: definitely one to look forward to. This one coming out from Devolver. It should be on Xbox as well as Game Pass, PC, and PlayStation for that one. Over to Cursed Golf, John. This is another one that stood out to me. I am not a big golfer. I grew up, my dad is a good golfer, a very good golfer. Um, So I was always kind of in his shadow in that sense, and I never was able to fulfill my golfing legacy. Uh, But this looks like a fun game to kind of re-bring that back up and have a good time with. It's interesting. It takes the roguelike genre, similar to games like we saw with Game of the Year winner Hades, uh, kind of where you continue to play through things and you level up and get stronger as you go. You learn different mechanics, you get better skills, you get better weapons and all that good stuff. In this case, maybe clubs. Um, But you're playing through 18 holes of golf in Purgatory. I think it's fascinating. I love the concept. It's something different, something unique, something of taking that dungeon-crawling-esque style and kind of putting it into a sports genre. And on top of that, adding all these different unique elements in there. I think it's really cool. I think this game is going to be one to look forward to. It's not going to be picked up by mass audiences, but in terms of unique indie games, this is definitely one now on my list. Um...
0: Yeah, I don't know about this one. Uh, <laughs> so, Joey, I'm I'm much like you. Um, I my my golf game, uh, is very different from the rest of the world's. So I I can I can drive off a tee, I can putt, everything in between. I can't do. Uh, the only golf game I've recently played is Golden Tee. Which fun fact, Joey? Uh, I can tee off and I can putt in that game and everything in between I'm terrible at who would have so, thought So fun
1: fact I can't drive very well but I'm very good with irons. so maybe if we do some like captain's ball at some point
0: we, right? we might have something going for us yeah um, so I'm, I'm looking at this game and this game screams of everything in between driving and putting <laughs> and, and it just uh, uh, it's definitely cursed um, I'll give you that and uh, to be completely honest golf and purgatory I mean it sounds like it's a match made in purgatory, because uh, <laughs> golf is purgatory. I can't stand watching it. Uh, I really don't enjoy playing it <laughs> at all. So so yeah, I, I think it's I think it's perfect.
1: We'll keep John in the top golf genre where he can go drink and then drive the golf ball, not actually drive. Um, Immortality is next up on the list before we twist our words there. Uh, This game looks super unique, and John, I think this one might be a little bit more down your alley. Very artsy. Uh, this is kind of, you know, those very artsy films that win stuff like the Academy Awards and the Oscars. Uh, Immortality is one of those games that a game show in that same vein, I think this would be a, a clear nominee, if not a winner overall. Super unique from anything I've ever seen before.
0: Yeah, this looks like... Wait, is this the actual game? This is the game. So, what, what is this like a like a novel based kind of game where like you kind of, it's like
1: a detective mystery type of thing. I think it's a murder mystery and you have to examine footage and different clips and things like that to find out what happened. It's crazy looking.
0: Uh, huh. Um, yeah, this is weird enough. I think I would probably check this out. Um, yeah, super unique. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to do more. I'm gonna have to do more research on this. This actually looks very, very interesting. Uh, it's super interesting. An interactive movie trilogy is what they're calling it. Interesting, interactive movie. Tri- yeah. So like, I, I look at this, and the first thing that, that comes to my mind is like, you know, when you see those old clips of like Johnny Carson on on on, on the Tonight Show, mm. and uh, it kind of has that old school like 1940s 50s kind of vibe to it. Uh and you can kind of see like that old school film kind of like haze over some of the images too kind of like what we saw um uh with uh with uh, uh trek so it's i i like it it's very unique it's very different and i think in in a world where uh games kind of really struggle to separate themselves from what's already out there what's already been done and and kind of like Trying to push the boundaries of a of a of a genre that is already pretty well defined, this is actually kind of nice. It's it, it's different. It's unique. It, it pushes the boundaries, uh, and, and it's a game that right now, thinking of all the games that have come out in my lifetime, I can't think of another game that is like this. I can think of games that maybe have the same kind of idea, um, but but looks nothing like this. So I'm actually I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by it. Yeah, super interesting. Chat also bringing up
1: Panicking Pat mentioning that it kind of reminds him of Clue. I could agree with that too. Yeah, Like that kind of murder mystery, trying to find out who did it, where it happened, what it happened with. Um, But also like that old movie thing that you're talking about, John, kind of blending those two together. Super interesting, very unique. Uh, Something I don't think we've really seen in gaming or really much of anything so far as far as like examining film to this degree, Uh, bringing those detective edges in. uh, I guess a bit of the horror genre as well with the whole murder aspect. Who knows which way it goes, what kind of twist it introduced, um, but this should be the beginning of its marketing cycle because it is going to release at least on Xbox and I believe PC and Game Pass uh, coming later this year in summer 2022, so I think we'll probably see a couple more trailers leading up to its launch as well. Last but not least, again, there were a number of games shown in this showcase, guys. Highly recommend checking it out. You can find the individual trailers broken down on YouTube. But some of the games coming to Game Pass that were announced, Crusader Kings 3, Escape Academy. I didn't put this one in here, guys. Uh, You are locked in an escape room. You can play at co-op. You can play at single player. You're literally in an escape room. There's a clock counting down and all different escape rooms to experience. I freaking love Escape Room, so I'm super excited for that. Uh, Maybe we'll play it on stream, and you guys can help me before I get blown up in the room or whatever happens. Uh, Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn, Floppy Nights, Immortality, the one you guys just saw. Uh, Trek to Yumi, Tunic, Paradise Killer, that also Shadow Dropped yesterday. Kraken Academy, Beacon Pines, and Citizen Sleeper. Uh, Lots more indies to come, but so far, those were what we saw in this month's showcase.
0: Look, Jar, I'm going to be honest. Uh, An Escape Room video game? Guys, look. Do yourself a favor. We've been quarantined for so long. Go outside, touch some grass, and go to an escape room. Do not play a video game of it. Just go to an escape room. Trust me. Just do it.
1: (laughs) But there are certain things you can have happen in, like, a game-based escape room that you couldn't have happen in, like, real life. Name one. I mean, just think of, like, flying, for example. Are you going to throw me out of an airplane? Yes. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's different things. Like, They could time it like when you're on an airplane or you're on a train. And I don't know if you can really do things like that very easily in real life. Sure, if there's money involved, you can do whatever you want. Um, but overall, I feel like, I don't know. Don't, don't do this to me.
0: John, you're going to play the escape room game with me. Joey, I'm talking two escape rooms on two separate trains on the same track, 20 miles apart, going at each other and you have to escape before the trains collide. Are you telling me that would not be exciting, IRL? I mean, if you want to
1: do that, I am more than willing to watch a Twitch Twitch stream, let's say, (laughs) one of those live Twitch streams of you IRLing that. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. Go laugh over there. I mean, I didn't say how fast the trains were going. Whether he likes it or not, John is going to play the escape room game with me. I'm excited. I think it'll be lots of fun. Uh, I don't know when it eventually comes out, but Escape Academy is that one if you guys want to look more into it. Next up is a game that has really. <laughs> I'm not going to go with that pun. Um, <laughs> Do it. Do it. Nope. Uh-uh. You've already teased uh, it. You have to.
0: Nope. This I will one stop is the show interesting.
1: Right now. <laughs> uh This is going to be a really cool game. This is one that's been on John and I's radar for quite a while. Um, our wands are at the ready, per se, for this one. See, I altered What's it a the bit. pun? What's the, pun? Um,
0: <laughs> What's the pun, Joe?
1: Hogwarts Legacy, guys. This is shown in PlayStation State of Play this week. Super <laughs> excited for this. The game, uh, it's had a bit of shaky development from what we heard here and there. It's had some changes in development from what the original plan was to what is eventually going to come out. And some things have shifted and teeter-totter back and forth a little bit here as well. We got, I think it was 14 minutes or 16 minutes of gameplay shown today. Uh, Really good stuff. Graphically, I would say it looks good, not great. I think there's still room for polish, Um, but it is not coming out until holiday 2022 now. So a slight internal delay on that front as well. It was originally supposed to be like September 2022. So a little bit of a delay, a couple months, probably to add in a little extra polish there. Overall, I think it looks great. I love the idea of an open-world Harry Potter game, throwing us into an environment where we can kind of choose where to go. We have our broom. We can kind of fly to the far reaches of the map. There's going to be certain challenges here and there. It looks like some bosses involved, uh, a number of different spells you can learn. There's one ability where you can pull out a Mandrake and kind of make all your enemies around you kind of quiver uh, from the loud sound being emitted. Uh, I think there's some really cool aspects of the use of the Room of Requirement coming in here, too. Uh, The concept art, as you guys are seeing some of that live here with us on Twitch, looks phenomenal. I hope the actual game pulls some of these concepts in because they look mystifying, uh, overall, John, I mean, you and I are both Harry Potter fans, obviously JK Rowling has her own issues going on right now, but as far as the IP goes, I think there's a lot of room to work in terms of games and I'm glad they're going with something that's not Harry Potter, uh, like Hermione, Ron, I'm glad they're expanding beyond that. Uh, this one taking place in the 18th century or 1800s, I think something around there. Um, it's going to go back a little bit further before what we know of Hogwarts today, or a couple years ago, depending when you watch the movies, uh, and kind of changing things up and giving us a little bit of a darker
0: perspective personally as well. Okay, so first off, personally, I think the graphics look fine. Uh, it, at the end of the day, this is a preview. It, it's not the final product. Uh, there's still some polishing that can go on. Um, I think they look fine. I, I think it's completely fine. For, for this style of game, for the amount of content that is potentially coming out, uh, in this game, I'm completely OK with this. Like, when you take a look at World of Warcraft or any other major MMO RPGs out there, it, you don't play the game for the graphics. You play the game for the story. you play the game for the adventure. You rarely play a game like this for purely its graphics. Yes, even in 2022, I don't want to hear it. uh The graphics in this game look fine. They're not the greatest. And it's probably a good thing because not everyone has a 3090 graphics card to run it on their PC. It's as simple as that. Not everyone has a next-gen console that can run it, so it doesn't really freaking matter. At the end of the day, if these were the graphics that were to come out, it looks completely fine. I think there's still going to be some polishing going on, so it's not that big of a deal. It's not the finished product. It's a behind-the-scenes look. Uh, So, yes, things are going to change. People... It's, it's, it's grass in Halo. Relax, they fixed it. It was a preview. Same thing with this. It's a preview. Relax, it's going to be polished. I wouldn't worry about too much. The graphics right now with the state of this game and how fluid this game was uh, with all the changes, with all the different uh, people making it, with the question of is this game even going to be continue to be made, I think it looks fine considering everything involved with this game. I'm excited for it. Uh, I am not happy at the fact there's barely any Slytherin representation in this preview. It's mainly all uh, the filthy Hufflepuffs and uh, Ravenclaws out there, but it's okay. I will, uh, I-, I won't harass people too much on that and uh, we'll go from there. But yes, I'm excited for it. I think it looks great.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think it'll be very unique. We know Hogsmeade's involved. We know Hogwarts is involved. Uh, they've mentioned a couple other locations. I think like the dark forest is involved. Um, I, I don't know what all has been mentioned publicly, but it sounds like we're going to get to go to quite a few different places. We did see some broom footage, so that will be a thing in here. I believe Quidditch will also be in here. Uh, I think they showed potions class. They showed magical creature stuff. Um, I don't know if they showed, like, trigonometry. I don't remember exactly. Um, But there is quite a bit shown. The room of requirement, again, will be there, and that seems like it's going to be almost a central hub to kind of catch up to classmates. So if you're behind on certain potion stuff or magical creature stuff or dark art stuff, There's going to be different ways to kind of level up within that room. Uh, Some really cool creature stuff in general. I think there's going to be some kind of, I don't know if a collection system or taming system or what exactly that'll end up looking like in the end. Um, But definitely a lot of collectible type of stuff for my Achievement Hunter friends out there. I think that will be a thing, at least from what I'm getting vibe-wise here with this initial trailer. The stuff that I don't like graphically, I think overall the polish will come through, but if you guys are noticing some of these animations, they look a bit choppy, and that's where I'm worried. Uh, A lot of these animations, when they're choppy, it ends up leading to games that launch, and they're not, I'm not going to say not playable, but they're not great as far as, like, pop-ins and, like, um almost like they freeze up a little bit here and there we've seen this the last couple years with releases during COVID. so i'm hoping that gets fleshed out that's what i'm more worried about as opposed to not necessarily how things look and how clean they are looking as opposed to how they actually flow and if my system can run it now again playstation people are going to hate me uh but this was run on ps5 so, as someone who's on Xbox, I know there's a few other things that help smooth that out, so I'm a little bit more comfortable with that. But I'll probably be playing on PC anyway, and PC should be the best platform to play this game, would be my guess. Because then you can kind of crank up the ultra graphics if you want to as well. Uh, but that's really my only concern, is the stuttering. I think overall, story is coming together. The open world aspects seem to be coming together. I'm curious what the level up type of system looks like and how many uh, different skills are available and how much we can kind of customize our wizard or witch per se, Um, but we'll have to wait and see. So far, I think this game looks great. And now with them kind of bumping in another three to four months a little bit later toward the holiday window, I think they'll have time to get the polish in. I think they'll have time for quite a bit of marketing as well.
0: And no, Pat, no Battle Royale. Get out of here
1: honestly i i i don't think battle royales can be counted out for anything at this point for with real. games like forza adding battle royales in i think just anything goes at this point like who's gonna throw the next battle royale and i don't even know if this game has multiplayer but if it does Juan's at the ready ladies and gentlemen because it could be a battle royale coming next up is hearthstone john i know you are all into the warcraft but you're not as warcrafty when it comes to Hearthstone. You love the lore, but not as much the game. Uh, Hearthstone fans, you will be getting a new expansion, though. That is Voyage to the Sunken City. We have a little bit to show here on Twitch. The Lost City of Zinazari, I believe, is how it's pronounced. You'll be taking on Fearsome Naga in this new expansion. Those are the nice little eel looking sea creatures. <laughs> little mermaid action going on here um overall i have not touched hearthstone and john i feel like it's been two three years maybe even more than that uh it was a little too pay to win to me after a little while but i do love the animations they give for their new expansions i think they bring unique mechanics into their cards as well if they didn't cost an arm and a leg to buy i probably would still be checking it out um but overall this new expansion is interesting i love anything that goes underwater and i think this will be a fun one for hearthstone players
0: yeah I mean, World of Warcraft did this back in uh, Cataclysm. They had an underwater zone that a lot of people really enjoyed. It was the first kind of zone that was underwater. They haven't done it since. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of unique. I I like how much detail and effort they put into these release videos for a very boring card game. Um, That is pay to win, like you said. Um, Yeah, I... I guess it's okay. I mean, again, it looks great. I love how they handle these expansions for Hearthstone, but it's just a game that I don't know. Like I've never understood the the joy in playing a digital card game. Uh, I don't know. I just maybe I'm a boomer. Who knows? I just I just don't. I just Hearthstone. Uh never really did it for me uh and it 's not because I suck at the game it's just i it 's a game that just can 't grab my interest at all but uh, again they 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 do a fantastic job with it it 's very popular then these uh you know expansion releases uh release videos are great uh, it's just, it 's just at the end of the day it 's a card game, and i just i just don 't understand the appeal <laughs> now John, there was a rumor at one point that you did struggle
1: a bit with the innkeeper you couldn 't quite. Uh, Get your tab paid, per se, in the Hearthstone genre. Um, Is that true?
0: I'm sorry, Joe, you broke up there.
1: I bet I did. Uh, Anyway, if John gets to face the innkeeper again, we'll have to wait and see. But for now, Hearthstone players, enjoy your time under the sea. Next up is the initiative, the Perfect Dark Situation. Uh, This came out, I believe it was VGC and Andy Robinson who wrote the article. Uh, A lot of what we've been seeing with this studio, somewhat behind the scenes, somewhat publicly, a lot of people have been leaving. So they ended up hiring a ton of people across the industry. We had people from Crystal Dynamics who worked on Tomb Raider, People from Naughty Dog who worked on The Last of Us. A number of people from the Sony Santa Monica team that worked on God of War. Uh, We've had people from Idios Montreal. We've had people from pretty much every big studio out there in the world, it feels like. Riot Games, there were people at the initiative. Uh, Some of them staying, some of them leaving at this point. Uh, I believe about, I think it's a third of the staff, if I remember correctly, have left at this point. Uh, which is bad. It does not look good. Now, with that being said, we're not talking a 200, 300-person studio like a lot of these big AAA studios are today. Uh, The initiative, I think, was right around 70 people at its max, which is incredibly small for a AAA studio. So why is this happening? What's going on? Uh, Is there issues behind the scenes? Uh, We don't have many contacts in that area with the initiative, but we do have Windows Central's Checkpoint. Uh, It came out this week with Jez Corden and Miles Dompier. They do a phenomenal job breaking it down. So we're actually gonna play a clip of Jez uh, from what he's heard from his sources. In my opinion, Jez is one of the best people for Xbox news out there. And I think he does a very good job breaking it down here. So we'll start
2: with that. I was told from, you know, sources I can't, you know, mention that, trusted sources, I should add, that basically there was a big disagreement over how to proceed with Perfect Dark. The way the initiative was set up, almost in a unique sort of studio format, I don't want to say flat structure, but they did build it to try and explore a different way of making a game studio, anti-crunch, which is great, a more sort of democratic development process structure. The problem with that is that there emerged two schools of thought about how to develop Perfect Dark. One of them was we hire the people in, the other school of thought was we remain small and build sort of high quality indie level games but because of the hype surrounding the studio i don't think microsoft wanted to let the initiative be that kind of sort of smaller studio i think the expectations had gotten to the point where people wanted them to make grander games right As that notorious uh job listing they put out where they said they were going to be making quadruple a games the quadruple
0: uh, a yeah quadruple a games joey is 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 that what we're being promised in this in this whole thing
1: so that was what was on i think it was a misclick on a post at one point um but overall i think jez does a really good job breaking down the situation his source is usually very very strong when it comes to xbox and he won't report on things unless he's heard from sources in particular and in many cases seen proof on it. So I think he's probably, of everyone being out there and of all these stories being spun, I think this is probably most accurate to what happens. It lines up a lot with what we heard from Andy Robinson in the initial piece from VGC as well. So it was two different minds of thought. Two different traditional structures per se um, being brought into this. One's more similar to what we saw with Valve, uh, kind of taking a very long, 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 long time to make games, um, but doing it with a very core kind of competency where it's a couple members of a team and then that splashes down a couple more tiers But for the most part, it is a very small team working on a project over a long amount of time. And I think that's what initially drove a lot of people in. But then you have people from studios like Naughty Dog who are used to working alongside 2,000-something other employees. Naughty Dog for like The Last of Us 2 had 14 studios involved. A lot of people just think Naughty Dog. It is not just Naughty Dog. There are so many support studios involved with AAA games in today's day and age. So, with Perfect Dark, with them only being one single studio and potentially a little bit of work from certain affinity coming in down from Texas as well, this was going to be a much slower paced game, a much more, not necessarily indie game, but it was going to be not on the level of a AAA game like a lot of people expected. Now, with that being said, we've seen changes. They made the deal with Crystal Dynamics. They came in in September 2021. So now Perfect Dark is kind of being revamped and we're seeing a little bit of a change. So that is why you're seeing people exiting. It's not quite what they expected it to be or things have changed and now it's not what they wanted it to be. So those two schools of thought are kind of breaking up. A lot of those employees, now that they've transitioned people over, are kind of leaving and moving on while the initiative is keeping kind of this new core uh, that believes in this new perspective, which is really the old perspective of video games, where you kind of have your core team, and then you have other people under them working on it, Uh, in this case, Crystal Dynamics. I'm not worried for Perfect Dark. I think, if anything, we're going to need an even better game of Perfect Dark now because of this change. But in the end, it sucks that people are not happy. Uh, Obviously, you want people to be happy in your jobs, regardless if it's in games or not. Uh, Sean and I knowing that in particular on certain first-party situations at times. Um, But when it comes down to it, I think that's just something you want, and you want your developers to be happy. And if they're not happy, I think the best place is to see them move on. And in some of these cases, the work they were doing is done, and in other cases, maybe it didn't get done. Maybe they transitioned. Maybe they didn't help transition people over. But they're now moving on to a project that they're more passionate about uh, or to a studio that they're more passionate about. Uh, Like we did see Drew Murray go back to, I think, Insomniac Games. Uh, We saw a couple other people make shifts throughout the industry as well. A number of them going to other Xbox studios or other PlayStation studios. So we'll keep an eye on the situation, but I think the way Jez breaks it down should help ease some minds as well. Uh, Perfect Dark maybe not coming as early as we thought it was going to, but may end up out a lot more fleshed out rather later when it does come out eventually. Any other thoughts on this perfect dark initiative situation, John? I I know we've talked so much about the studio. They brought in so much talent. Uh, A number of the people from that talent line staying and a number of other ones moving out.
0: Uh, What are your thoughts overall on all this stuff going on with the initiative? You know, I feel like the initiative is a victim of its own hype. Um, I think it's one of those things where you start acquiring a lot of studios, a lot of talent, Um. Even if you don't build the hype yourself, the hype's going to be built. Uh, That's just what happens. And and yes, I I feel like the gaming fan base, if you will, probably got overhyped with what exactly they were expecting. And that led to a lot of confusion. I I, I think uh, from that clip that we heard from Checkpoint, I I think that's a very accurate uh, representation of of kind of the, the difference between studio uh gaming world versus the player side where it's like obviously the player side is like we look at the end product and as long as we get the end product and we're happy with it you know us gamers we happy kind of thing you know where from a studio side it's like they could be working on something they won't even be advertising it but because that studio is part of a larger body and they're making moves now all of a sudden more and more pressure is being put to them even though it may have nothing to do with uh, you know the game they're working on or whatever, but just because they have the initiative hanging over their heads, there's automatically a larger expectation now for them. And uh, if there's one thing we've learned in the gaming world is burnout is real, uh, whether you're a player or whether you're in a studio, like just any kind of of expectation or added pressure onto you can really change your mindset in developing a game or being a part of a larger group that there's just a lot of things that happen. And also at the same time, it's like we're in a very fluid period of time where people are looking at getting different jobs, what's best for them and, and what's best for, for their career path. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a bad thing or anything like that, but I can definitely see how there is mass confusion on the public gamer side And with that information not being publicly released, it it does cause a lot of confusion.
1: And I mean, that's the other thing, like we're seeing it so much. I mean, you have obviously the console fanboys out there, but then you also have the people who want games just to come out and to be perfect. And I think a lot of those people don't, the ones who are criticizing grass, for example, They don't understand, one, what goes into game design. And two, adding in everything with the pandemic, working from home, not everyone is going to have a supercomputer at home. Not every studio is going to be rich enough to be able to supply that supercomputer at home. So a lot of people are working on computers that are not on the level that they're used to. They're working on collaborating with people over stuff like Discord and Microsoft Teams as opposed to in the office looking at storyboards together. So it's just a completely new environment and a lot of these studios really trying to work their way through the rocky terrain of it as they develop these games. And with AAA games, I mean, The Last of Us was phenomenal graphically. So now that's kind of the bar. And then you have Forza Horizon 5 that comes out and even moves that bar up another notch. So now everyone's expecting these AAA games to have amazingly photorealistic graphics because of games like Two and because of games like Forza Horizon 5. Not everyone can come and do that. Not everyone is going to be that level of environmental design. Not everyone has the funding to pay people to spend that much time on environmental design. So I think a lot of people need to come down to expectations. Not every game is going to be photorealistic. Not every game is going to have the most fluid combat. And I think you're going to have to take every game for what it is. Now, there are still issues out there. Obviously, Halo Infinite win 343 being one of the most recent ones with multiplayer. If you're going to launch a live service game, you got to support it with maps and you got to support it with modes. And they're just not doing that. And that in and of itself is an issue. Sure, we can blame some on the pandemic. But overall, that was also poor planning on certain parts as well. So I think there is a time to criticize devs. Uh, There's a time to praise devs. And there's a time to just realize the situation going on. And I think this is one of those times as well where we don't really know everything going on behind the scenes. So we kind of have to take what we can here and there. Um, But until we see more of the game, I don't really know if we have much room to judge them yet. So we will keep an eye on that in the continued movement throughout the industry couple more topics to talk about today, John, and then we will wrap up today's show. Next on the list is new Game Pass editions. Every second Tuesday, it feels like, second and, th- or first and third, rather, uh, of most months, you end up getting a new slate of Game Pass announcements. A number of them coming here, I think it was like eight to 10 games in all. Uh, two of those being Shadow Drop during that ID at Xbox Showcase, Tunic and Paradise Killer. Both of those are available now. And on top of Tunic, again, one of those games that I'm super excited for, one of the games that was on my short list for Indie Game of the Year, couple others to shout out, Shredders. John, I know you were like me. You played some of those old Tony Hawk games, whether it be Tony Hawk's Underground, uh, or maybe even played some of the old snowboarding games like Amped. I am stoked for Shredders. Uh, It just seems like a super chill, pun intended, uh, type of game where you just hop into snowboarding. You have real snowboarders for voice recording. You have real brands involved. Um, But I just love the idea of a nice, chill game to just kind of go through this open amusement park per se of snow covered environments and i just think that sounds like a very fun game in today's day and age where it feels like so many things are continue to grind this for your multiplayer battle pass or continue to get your head beaten in over and over by this elden ring boss uh it just seems like a good change
0: of pace game here yeah um i love shredders i, I love the idea of it i love snorbo- snowboarding games uh what was that one oh jesus back in the day uh it uh, its main song was uh it's tricky um it's like it was it was initials for for a snowboard like <laughs> sx something like that oh oh i know what you're talking about actually um, um i'm gonna do a quick google uh ssx snowball o g flavor town come ssx snowboarding uh 2001 ssx tricky um with uh, It's Tricky coming out there, uh, laying the groundwork for snowboarding games all over the world. Yeah, I'm stoked for it. I think it's great. I love playing Tony Hawk. Uh, I've been playing the Tony Hawk uh, remastered of Tony Hawk 1 and 2. I think it's great. Uh, I love those kinds of extreme sport games because uh, it's different. It's unique. It's it's We don't get a lot of them. And when we did get them back in the early 2000s, they were masterpieces because there was literally nothing else doing it. And when you put someone's name like a Tony Hawk on it you know it has to be good. Uh, and that's exactly what it was. I, I'm, I'm hyped for Shredders. I'm definitely checking it out.
1: Yeah, definitely worth the download on that one. And the last one to point out here, again, a number of great games, indies and bigger, like Crusader Kings 3. Um, but the last one to mention that I really like the look of is Weird West. Uh, this is a game that I think is going to be up there in a top 10 indie genre for this year as well. Uh, it's made from a lot of the creators behind like Dishonored. Um, Prey is another game. A lot of those games where like decisions really matter. I know Chan is a huge fan of Life is Strange, as many of you guys know as well. Uh, Mass Effect, another one of those style games. This is going to be similar where your decisions are really going to matter to the way the game plays out. And it's kind of a weird idea of a game too. Uh, it's like a Western meets a fantasy world. So kind of like Borderlands with even more cowboy aesthetics. I think it's going to be a top-down style game, if I remember correctly. But kind of fantasy meets cowboy uh, meets very big decision-making that will completely alter the state of the game. So definitely want to keep an eye out there. Again, indie game coming out at the end of the month. Game Pass as well, Weird West. Next up on the list is game delays. Unfortunately, this has become a common topic, along with those 10 cent acquisitions. Forsaken, the big game that Sony money had it for two years from Square Enix, there is a delay coming in there. And I think it's for the best. It looked a little bit rough graphically when we saw it a while ago. In the most recent state of play last week, it did look much much better, and I think they're on pace to make that a very strong game. Uh, it's been delayed though from May 22nd or May 2022 rather this year to October 2022. I think October 10th, if I remember correctly. So a little bit more time for that game to be fleshed out. Three, four months coming in there. Uh, Again, I think a lot of these delays are due to polishing and bug fixing. So I think it is going to be a nice on-brand change coming through there as well. A few other ones did get delayed, and this is due to the ongoing Russian invasion in Ukraine. Uh, Nintendo came out and mentioned that Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, originally supposed to launch on April 8th. Uh, Obviously, with all the conflict going on, there's a lot of references to military tactics and such, and a lot of those style of games are getting moved, this being one of the next ones in line. Uh, We don't have a new release date for Advance Wars. I think Nintendo is probably monitoring the situation overseas, and then from there, we'll probably make a decision on when they eventually launch this game. The other one, and it's unannounced, but John and I have talked about it on the show again uh, a few times now. We're going to mention it again here. GoldenEye, there is that remaster. Originally, it kind of got stuck in jail. It was supposed to make its way from the, I think it was the Nintendo 64 to the Xbox 360 originally. Uh, It's supposedly still coming. The terms and deals and everything have been worked out. It's been polished up for the new Xbox consoles. Uh, I don't know if it's the Xbox One level consoles or all the way to the series level consoles, but that should be coming out, I believe, on Xbox consoles and PC at some point in the future. Uh, But it is heavily Russian-based for those who played the story originally. So that is why, apparently, that one has been delayed behind the scenes as well. Um, John, I do see you typing that. We actually did mention this a while ago, um, but we can bring it up again with the eSports facts when we do slide into eSports Um, Well, actually, let's just mention it now. So we're talking about the whole Russia situation. EA, they initially pulled all of the Russian Belarusian teams out of their games, uh, whether that be FIFA or other different things as well. And something we've seen from that is we've seen a lot of people outlawing athletes and teams from Russia and Belarus from participating in eSport competitions as well. Uh, EA was starting to move this direction, but they did make an official statement on it now recently. Uh, They will be banning those Russian and Belarusian athletes uh, in eligible countries in esports programs for the foreseeable future so instead of it just being like a one to two tournament ban like they're originally looking at uh they are planning to ban them for the foreseeable
0: future any other things you want to mention on that one john yeah no i just wanted to to touch on it since we finally got an official ruling on that uh for for that ban being uh, uh, indefinite now until uh russia gets their head out of their butts and stops committing war crimes we'll put it that way yeah, um, so and we'll I think this that. is going to be
1: something we see more and more. I, yeah. I think CS has followed suit. CS is not allowing those teams anymore. I think they can technically still play, but they can't play under the flags of Russia or Belarus. Um, I think we saw it with Quake as well came through, and they're banning athletes from those countries. So it's something we're going to probably see more and more throughout esports, uh, especially those global esports. I don't know if Riot Games has done anything uh, with the like smaller European leagues over there yet or not. Um, But it does seem to be something that is kind of moving its way through the esports industry as well as the games industry now as well. Next up on the list, the first episode of the Halo TV series drops next Thursday on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, for those who had the pleasure of attending South by Southwest, I know a number of people were able to get in and see the first, if not the second episode as well, uh, over there to kind of get their initial review in. It seems like people are reviewing the first episode right around a 7 out of 10 on a lot of review sites. I don't think they're fully allowed to release these thoughts on the second one as of yet. There are a couple quotes out there, but I don't think official reviews. Um, I'm curious about this show. John, I know you and I both kind of have our reservations in general about games being translated over to movies and TV shows. Uh, Some of them have hit really well. Uh, Uncharted recently did extremely well money-wise. It seems like it splits the audience as far as if they liked it or not based on the casting. Uh, Arcane from League of Legends and kind of expanding on that lore was phenomenal. It just won a ton of awards at another award show and will probably continue to win awards on awards on awards because it is phenomenally well done. Um, But it's one of those things where they're either hit and miss. The Warcraft movie did not do super well. Uh, A lot of these other translations, I know John likes to bring up the old Mario movie, uh, did not do super well. So Halo coming over, it's had its chance at, I think it's done movies before and a couple other like anime crossovers, and they've done all right. Um, But this one being the most ambitious, the most expensive to come to date, I think it's going to do all right, but with them going off of the canon lore quite a bit here and there, I think it is going to split the audience quite a bit as well. Um, with that being said, I'm kind of leaning toward a six to seven of what I'm assuming it's going to be, but again, kind of keeping some of those reservations for when I eventually get a chance to see it.
0: Everyone loves Cortana, right? And, and how she looks in the, the series and everything. from the Yeah, that, that's and, a little, you know. little
1: extra for me. I don't like the idea yeah. of Master Chief taking his helmet off either. Uh, I'm sure he looks like Pablo what? Schreiber in the games too, but we never see it underneath the helmet. I think the voices is going to be something else that trips me up. I've listened to the same Master Chief voice for, what, 20 years now? And now I have to listen to someone else with that voice and it's not really them. And it's like, "Mm." I just, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of reservations for the way they're going about it, but I get it. Like you're not going to want to sell the game just as is to a TV audience because you're not necessarily going to loop in that game audience because they know exactly what's coming. Sure. Some people will still watch it because they're a big fan of the genre and the game and the IP, but other people are like, I already know what happens. I played through the games and they're better anyway. So in the end, I think them going off of canon could be a good move to kind of broaden the audience, but it's one of those moves that's going to get critiqued from both sides of the aisle, I feel like. I mean, are you going to
0: sit and tell me that Master Chief is actually a Mandalorian? He's not supposed to take his helmet off? I mean, kind of, in a sense. Like, (laughs) I, I don't know when the Mandalorians initially came out as far as Star Wars
1: goes, but yeah, it's right around that same kind of lore line um the other thing with this is a lot of people don't subscribe to paramount plus a lot of people are buying into it for stuff like the halo tv series but if you haven't bought in already guys and you are xbox game pass ultimate members or subscribers rather you can check it out with a free 30-day trial so that'll get you the first but three four episodes potentially as well or if you wait a little bit later in the season and then pop your trial you might be able to get all of them if you play it smart Um, but in the end that will be available to those xbox game pass members Last but not least, in the news to wrap up today's show, unfortunately, a little bit of sadder news, this one going to an Xbox IP as well. The Coalition has announced that they will be ending the year's eSports scene. It is coming to an end. Uh, It's been around for a number of years at this point, all the way back from, I think, Gears Gears of War 1 or Gears of War 2, uh, eventually moving its way to today with Gears of War 5. Uh, It will continue to run through the end of the summer, But once the end of the summer comes, that will be the end of the scene, at least for the foreseeable future. When it comes down to gear six, we might eventually see a return of the scene. But for now, uh, it's one of those scenes, John, and we've talked about it before. It can never really go mainline because it's super gory, because it has kind of those very mature tones to it overall. So it's not going to get picked up like a League of Legends. Uh, Even CSGO involving guns is not even close to as gory as something like a Gears of War. So with it being that, I can see that cutting down on revenue streams with the game itself. It felt like the live service model died off on that game, too. And a lot of that being the player count wanting certain things and developers wanting other things and it going back and forth. And there never really being a sweet spot hit between the two for the most part in the operations that were released. So at least moving forward, Gears Esports will be ceasing to exist at the end of the summer. And we'll see what happens in the
0: future for that one. So you're telling me because they couldn't get that kinder care daycare sponsorship uh, for Gears of War Esports, so they're, they're just going to close the whole thing down. It does look like
1: it, John. In the end, unfortunately, not having those Disney deals did end up being the dagger. And with that being said, I think that'll bring us to the end of today's show. There was quite a bit of game news last week. So this week being a little bit lighter after that giant state of play from Sony. Well, giant to a degree. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. I like indie games, so I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Also, a number of other things breaking last week. So this is kind of the calm before the next storm, per se. I think as we get later in March, more and more things will come. And as the spring
0: approaches, the flowers will bloom. And so will the gaming news. Joe, before we wrap up, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, let's have the bad news. Uh, UConn's going to lose to New Mexico State.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm okay with that. I think I only had UConn going one round. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, just, yeah. It's and what's a, the good news? A, um, the good news is, Joey, um, <laughs> that it's the end of the show. Nation, that will do it for this edition of Level Up Live. Um, my segue into that was pretty awful, but we're going to go with it. Before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash otn and consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you'll get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are part of OTN Media. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow the show here live on Twitch to get your next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to our show on the podcast feed, please do leave us a review. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play, and anywhere else you can find an RSS feed for podcasts. Just look us up at the Level Up Podcast. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from our community so much. There's multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways?
1: Absolutely. As I type this stuff over here in Twitch chat, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LevelUpLive. That is LDL UP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company, OTN Media, on Twitter and Facebook, at OTN Media, and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a Twitch Prime sub, potentially over here, or a follow at the very least, Check us out. Come hang out in chat on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time to come catch Level Up Live. And last but not least, we throw it in every once in a while. Discord.me forward slash OTN.
0: Come join the conversation. All right. Make sure you tune in next week on Thursday, March 24th. We cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode is ready for your listening and viewing pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. And remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level level up. up.